struggles. Responsibilities. Comparison. Relationships. Challenges. Life is full of conflicting narratives that seem to identify us. This can leave us questioning who we are and where we are headed. But the truth is, we are made for more. This is who I am because of Christ. I am chosen. I am protected. I am forgiven. I am empowered. I am loved. I am precious. I am enough. I am made, I am made. I am made for I more. I was made for more. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today so far? Has God met you so far today in this place? So far, so good. Yes? Yes. I believe that. Yes. It's good to be in this place with you. Hello to everybody visiting too. Just so glad that you're taking a part of your day with us. And those of you watching online, whether you're watching live or anywhere uh, else or in between, you're watching this. So glad that you're taking advantage of that as well. My name is Andy. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, just so glad that we're a part of just you giving God a moment uh, in your life. Just so glad to be a part of that here uh, and wherever you may be watching from. So let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and open them up to the book of Ephesians. We're going to stay in there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6. We're in a series where we're talking about our identities where we're looking in uh, and seeing uh, where we are with God and what God has to say about who we are. We're five weeks into the series. We've got one week to go. And so here's where we've gone so far. We made our way through five chapters of Ephesians where we're seeing for Christians that God has something to say about who we are. He gives us clear identities to go by and that he speaks directly into that and that should influence how we should actually be living. But why we're talking about this and these identities that we have is because there's a lot of Christians who actually don't live out who they really are and it's simply because they just don't know who they are in Christ. So we've been using the book of Ephesians to actually see who God says we are. And today we're just gonna continue that and look into one more identity this morning and it's the identity that I am battle ready. I'm battle ready. When I think about being ready, uh, right now I'm thinking about my son, Henry. Uh, he is playing t-ball this year. He just started playing. This is his first organized sport in the Tool family. I'm really excited about it. He's five, so it's been a real skills clinic out there uh, with these little guys. Like it's been amazing, but it's been, it's been really fun, and uh, I don't want to brag, but I'm an assistant coach. I don't want to brag about that. Uh, there's like eight of us, but uh, if you're a parent, you're an assistant coach, but um, uh, I have a really important job. I have an important My job is to make sure they don't build dirt mounds and that they don't throw rocks at each other and they listen to Coach Matt. Like, that's my job. It's a very important job. But uh, it's been really fun watching these guys, uh, especially over the last couple weeks, really start to understand uh, uh, just through a few weeks of practicing what baseball is. And here's what I've learned so far. This is what I've learned. I've learned that these kids just like doing two things. They like hitting the ball and running. Okay, not around the bases, just running. Wherever they want to run, they just run everywhere. And so we just got to get, that's it. And, and so, and here's the other thing. Like, because they have a glove does not mean they have any idea what it is or what it does. Like, they have no clue what that glove does. And so, uh, but it's really fun. We're actually starting uh, our games tomorrow. And so I'm not really that into it. Uh, we better win, but I'm not that into it. Um, but Getting this idea of being battle ready for us today and what we're about to talk about, it actually really uh, does kind of, it's a lot like this t-ball team. Because tomorrow, here's what these kids need to understand. The first thing in order to play the game of baseball, the first thing they're, they're going to need to realize tomorrow is that they are actually in a game. Okay, like some of them, we have to tell them, you're actually in a game right now. They, they might not even know that. And then 
They need to know how to use the equipment that they're actually given and that they're using. So, right? So, if, I mean, if the ball is coming at you, you need to put your mitt up or you're going to get hit in the face. If the base, and I don't know if you've ever been hit in the face by a baseball. It's no good. Like, it just doesn't feel good. You don't want your kids being hit in the face. So, they need to get ready to play the game, okay? So, right now, for us, right here, okay, here's the deal. There is a battle going on, all right? There, there is a conflict going on, and it can affect, this battle is conflict. It can affect the relationships and what's happening in there. It can impact the decisions that you make. It could have major effects on your life. And here's the thing, everybody. Unlike these kids, you don't really choose whether or not you're a part of this. You already are a part of this conflict. You're already part of it. You're in the game. So now here's the thing. You need to be ready. Or can you be ready to defend yourself and actually fight through this battle, through this conflict, all right? So let's, let's look and see what this is all about. This is going to be in, in verse 10 here. If you made your way to Ephesians 6, Paul's going to tell us what this battle is all about. Here's what he says. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. All right, so let's stop right there because we've got plenty to talk about right here this morning. First of all, there's the devil. You didn't see that wrong. It says the devil. In fact, in every translation that I looked up, it says the same thing. You're going to find the devil. And not only the devil, but the devil and his cosmic powers. Ooh, you know, it's right there. So it's right there. So here's the deal. Right now, for some of you in here, some of you may be watching wherever you're watching from. And, you know, I don't know where you are, but, you know, maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're, you wouldn't say that you're a Christian. You're not yet someone who would say you're a believer in Christ. I get how that sounds right there. Like, the devil... Like, really, Andy? Like, you're going to want me to believe that, that there's actually the devil, like, that, that all this is going on? Like, at, you know, we've left the Middle Ages so long ago. Like, are you really believing all this stuff? You want me to believe that there is a battle going on with me and Satan? Like, really? And so I get it. Like, I get it. So I get it. If, if you're there and you're there, let's get it. So, so, but here's what I want to start with. Just, you just need to know this, okay? And then we'll kind of move forward here. There is a spiritual world that is just as real as the physical world, but it's just that you can't see it. And we are in a battle, we're in a fight that is primarily not against the things we can see, but the things we can't see, okay? Now, just come with me on this for a second, okay? Because if you just, if you just think about it for a second, wherever you land with that, is it really that difficult to believe? Is it, is it really that challenging to actually believe that there is something that you cannot see that goes against the good of this world that should be here? Is it really that hard to imagine? In the 1800s, there was a guy, a really brilliant guy. His name was Louis Pasteur, okay? And he came up with this theory that there were these particles in the air that you couldn't see. Nobody could see them, and that they caused diseases, and they caused bad things to grow on food, okay? And everybody thought he was nuts for believing that. But today, uh, we all believe in microorganisms. That's why we wash our hands. He is the reason why we wash our hands and have quarantines and all that stuff. But back then, they thought he was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. When he was like, yeah, there's stuff you can't see in the sky, they thought he was nuts. But now we all believe in microorganisms. I mean, is it really that hard to believe that there's something in this world that you can't see that is doing some spiritual stuff? Is it really that? I don't know. It's, I just don't think, doesn't that just explain some things to you? I think so many times what we do is we, we point to things that we can't see with what's going wrong. 
But, but I don't know, man, maybe just with some things, I'm not saying every, just with some things, could it be that we have an unseen enemy who's constantly at work to undermine faith and confidence and character and self-worth in God? Bible tells us, here's where we're gonna go, everybody. The Bible tells us that we are in a battle, that there is an enemy. And so here's what we're gonna do today, okay? We're gonna take a look at who he is and how he operates so that we can overcome his schemes and his plots and all these things that he tries to do. And here's what you need to know today, everybody, before we go any further. If you are here and you are in Christ, here's what you gotta get to know. We can easily overcome him. We can easily overcome him because right now, if you are in Christ, you have a power within you. You already have that identity in you to easily, easily overcome the enemy but here's what we got to talk there are two reasons why a lot of christians can't and don't and they get tripped up by the enemy two reasons one is we don't understand how he operates and two we don't know how to fight we don't know actually what to do to protect ourselves and the bible is so clear on both of those things so that's what we're going to do today okay we're going to take a look and we're going to and we're going to see how we do it to overcome so the first thing we're going to do is take a look at who he is right if you're going to get into a fight first thing you're going to know is who i'm fighting right who am i fighting am i showing up to this fight or not you want to know like who is how big he is and all that stuff right if you're smart so here's the first thing we're just going to look at five things about the enemy here's the five things about satan that we need to understand if you're taking notes first thing is satan is is real I just thought I'd start there all right I thought I'd just start on the east like just to make it super clear Satan is real all right Satan and demons are real they are not metaphors they are beings okay now here's the thing they are not physical beings like you and me but they are spiritual beings they are real it's talked all about in the Bible in fact when you look in there in verse 12 it says that they are rulers they they are actually authorities they are powers so they are real things that exist and and if you look and take do a search in the Bible on uh, the devil or Satan you find 30 times that he's actually mentioned in the Bible and here's the thing every single time he's referenced it's never it there's always he or him so just so we're clear he is real all right here's the second thing that we need to understand it's that Satan is a destroyer all right, Satan is destroyed. Here's, here's what the Bible says. First Peter 5, 8, it says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, okay? So just so you know, I just, again, just really easy, simple things about our enemy. Just so you know, here's what he's doing. He is scheming, like right now. He is plotting. He is, he is working. He is getting his demons to do some things. He is, all he wants to do is undermine your faith and he wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy every good relationship uh, that you have. That, that's what he wants to do. So, so he is a destroyer, okay? And he wants to pull you down and destroy your life. And here's the thing, I hate to break this to you, okay? I'm gonna tell you something you're not gonna wanna hear, all right? Satan does not like you, all right? And I know you don't like the idea of anybody not liking you, even Satan, okay? But he no liking you. He doesn't like you. And here's why. It's impossible for him to like you. Here's why. Because he opposes God. He opposes everything that comes from God. We come from God. He opposes it. He does not like you. He's a destroyer, and he wants to destroy your life. Here's a third thing that we need to understand about Satan. Satan is subtle. Satan is subtle, okay? So, so here's what Satan wants to do. Here's like what, what his primary, he wants to create as much distance and separation between you and God as he, as he possibly can and you and right relationships and right people as he can. And how he does that is probably in ways that you wouldn't think 
that he does it, okay? Because here's the thing, man. He's not gonna do that by, by sending you some Ghostbusters, like demonic blood shooting out of his eyes things at your doorbell, right? He's not gonna do that, right? Like, because he knows if you open your fridge into a demonic portal, you're gonna be at church back so fast. Like, you're gonna be, you're gonna be Looney Tunes fast. You're gonna be chugging communion juice, memorizing Deuteronomy. Like, you're gonna be like, whatever you want me to do, Andy, I will do it, okay? Okay, I believe, right? He's smarter than that, right? He's smarter than that. Here's what he does, man. He works in the most subtle ways to undermine and, and lie and kind of get you off the course and off the path of, of what he does. And, and so that's what he does. He, he's very subtle. He uses things like pride. Here's, a, here's the thing, you know, like, you know, somebody who's proud and, and not very informed and kind of happy, that's his trifecta. Like, that's what he loves. He loves people who are just proud, not very informed about things and happy because then he could just subtly and intentionally rip you apart from, from the things that are good, kind of undermine your life and destroy what's good. He's subtle. Here's the fourth one. Satan is powerful. He's powerful. Here's what 1 John says about his power. It says this in 1 John 5, 19. It says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring, or no, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. That's what it says in 1 John 5, 19. So here's, here's what we want to get at with this, everybody. So, so what this is saying, this is not saying that he has absolute power in the world. But what this is saying, though, is that he does have a limited power right now. It exists. He does have a power. And here's the thing. Like, here's the thing. Just think about this. Just think about this. Um, doesn't that kind of make sense when you look at that? Like, when you look around, I don't know about you, just when I read the Bible and I know who God is and I know the good that he wants to have and I know what he wants this place to look like, but then you look at the junk and the bad stuff and the, the things and the destruction going around, and, and then you see that he does, that the enemy does have an influence, that Satan does have some power here. It just, it just kind of makes sense. So, so he does have some power. But here's the fifth one, and here's the thing that you, that you need to understand. Satan is never, never will be, never, never even going to be close. He's not equal to God. You got to remember that, everybody. He is not equal to God. So yes, yes, Satan does have a power. He, there is a power that he has, but it can never match the power of God. See, God is everywhere, but, but Satan can't be everywhere. He, he's not God. God is all-knowing. Satan knows a whole bunch, but, but he is not all-knowing. You know, maybe you're here, Maybe, maybe you came here for a reason today as we're talking about this stuff and, and you, you've seen things in your life, you've been experiencing things and you're wondering, man, why is this bad stuff happening? Why are these things going down? And it seems like it's claiming a stake around your life. And maybe you're here because you need to hear a word, everybody. Maybe you're here because you need to hear something today and hear this. If you're in Christ, you just need to know this. When you feel like things are kind of breaking you down, here's what you need to understand. Satan has no power that is bigger than the power that is within you through Jesus Christ. There is no power that he has that, it, that can get you down if you're in Christ, that you know that you have that within you and you need to claim that today in the name of Jesus Christ and get the enemy out of that, okay? Because you could do that because that's who you are. We're gonna talk about that a little bit today, okay? So now we know the enemy, all right? We know who he is. We know what we're dealing with. So now let's talk about what does it take? What do I need to do to actually be ready and have some victory in my life when the attacks start coming? Let's see what Paul has to say here in verse 13. He says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. So here's the first thing that we're gonna do. I'm gonna stand my ground. That's the very first command, very first order that, that, that we have is we're just gonna stand our ground. So real quick, as you're writing that down, notice if you have your Bibles open there, what Paul says and what he really doesn't say. Here's what he says in my translation. He says, in the evil day. He says, in the evil day. So here's what this means, guys. Guys, attacks are gonna happen. 
Every single one of you, nobody is immune to the attacks of the enemy. This is not an if, this is a when. And it's not gonna be a one-time deal. There are gonna be attacks over and over and over again. And so we need to be ready for the battle, everybody. We need to be ready every single day. So how do we do that? Paul says, when the day of evil comes, you stand your ground. Four times in here, he says that. Stand firm, stand, stand your ground. Sometimes when things aren't, you're going your way, right? Like you just, I mean, we've all know what that means. Like things aren't going your way. And then you, sometimes, you know, like when the flow of culture, the flow of culture just isn't going the same way with what the Bible says. It's just sometimes you just get beat down and sometimes isn't it just so easy just to like lay down or step to the side and just be like, okay, it's just so easy to do that. That's when the enemy sneaks in. That's when he actually really gets to pry in. Paul says, no, no, it's in those times where you take a stand, where you refuse to abandon your belief. Don't lay down, stand up. Don't go to the side. Here's what he's saying. You need to pick your side and you need to not abandon that post. You need to stand firm. I love uh, one of the translations about stand firm. It means be stubborn. I love that. Be stubborn about where you are and refuse to abandon your belief. Part of why we come here together is to actually help each other and encourage each other to stand firm. We need each other's help, don't we, everybody? Like we need to come together and we need to do that. And so here's what I want you to know. I just want you to know this, okay? You need to know that we will always be a church who stands united in Jesus Christ. We will always stand united in that. And you need to know this too. I, I want this to always be a stronghold of encouragement and strength in the Lord where we come here united knowing that Jesus is the only answer that exists and it's the only thing that fits with who we are and who God made us to be. We're just gonna stand united in that and we need each other to do that. So we're just gonna do that until the day of this church and God calls something different. We're just gonna keep standing united in that, okay? So we'll just stand firm together in that. And so Paul says, stand firm. Let's be ready for battle, all right? So now the next four verses, here's what he's gonna do. He's gonna describe someone who is battle ready, who is actually seeing victory, and, and he's gonna tell us what this looks like. And here's the thing, uh, as I've studied this and, and read commentary and listened to really, really great messages on this, um, and, and so these are really great things, but it, we, here's what tends to happen in what we're about to read over the next four verses. Paul's gonna describe kind of a soldier, right? He's gonna describe like some of these things that we put on. But here's what happens, man. I don't know, I found myself doing this. We tend to sort of get geeked out about the gear. Like, oh, okay, there's a belt. And like, what kind of belt was it in Rome? Like, you can't fight with pants on your ankles. And like, you got to, you know, you can't do that. You, you'll trip and fall. And the helmet, like, what was the helmet like in Rome? Was it steel? Was it bronze? Like, what kind of helmet was it in the Roman side? And I'm not knocking that. Like, I'm not knocking that. But here's what we might miss. We might miss the whole point of why Paul is actually describing this person. So here's what I'm gonna say. We're gonna read the next four verses, okay? And here's what I wanna challenge you to do. As we go through this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just listen to the traits of someone who's winning, of someone who's not getting beat by the lies and temptations of this world, okay? We're gonna read them. There's six things that we're gonna see here. Here we go. In verse 14, he says, stand therefore, there it is again, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, you're in a fight. You, again, you're not choosing whether you're not, you're in this fight, you're in the fight, the battle's going, it's, it's, it's on, right? It's going down. Here's our weapons, guys. Did you catch them? It's not a belt. It's not a belt. That's a clue, it's not a belt. Here they are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them to you, down and dirty. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, salvation 
and then a sword. The word of God is a sword. So here's what I want us to notice. Of the six things, I just want us to, to look at this. Of the six things, five of these have to do with your character and one is an offensive weapon. Five of these have to do with your character and only one is offensive. So, so here's what I want to say. Listen, man, you're in a battle. You're in a battle. And this battle, this is real. This is a real battle. Whether you believe it or not, there is a real battle going after the real things that you really love and wants to destroy those things, your marriage, your family, and all this stuff. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. Winning, winning this has way more to do with you getting yourself right with God than anything else. You catching that? Anything else. Winning has way more to do with how you are getting yourself right with God. If you can get on some godly character in your life, I'm telling you, you will be able to handle anything that comes your way. All right, so let's look at a few of these. Here's the second thing. So we're gonna stand uh, firm. We're gonna stand our ground. The second thing that we're gonna do through this is I'm just gonna live by truth. All right, truth. Here's the first character check, everybody. Live honestly. Just, just live honestly. That, that's it. Just have integrity in everything you do. And here's what I wanna ask. Just think through this for a second with me. How many people do you know? How many people do you know who've just made themselves or their businesses or their families just vulnerable simply because they are not living truthful lives? How many do you know that have just fallen down broke down all it's just because they're not living truthfully in their life you know what jesus says about the truth here's what he says he says when you find the truth and you live by the truth it will set you what free it'll set you free it's so important to just live honestly in a truthful life that's so huge to you to, to live by the truth it gets you battle ready and here's the other reason why you know why do you know the only thing that satan ever does he lies he's just gonna lie to you so you gotta live by the truth so you can see these lies. And here's what he also knows, man, and he knows this about Christians. It bugs me that he knows this, but here's what he knows. He knows that something doesn't have to be true in order to be believed, even in Christians. And we actually buy into some of these lies that he gives us as Christians. He messes so many Christians up just by this, because we buy into the lie that you can't show weakness as a Christian. Don't show weakness. No, 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 don't do that. You can't show weakness. You gotta be strong. Hey, you gotta look good. You gotta look perfect. Don't, don't show blemishes or anything like, hey, you can't be honest with people, especially in church. We're in church. What, are you kidding me? Don't be honest with anybody. Every one of those is a lie. Every single one of those is a lie that Satan uses to convince us to even live a dishonest faith. And the crazy thing is, gang, there are Christians that live that. They live out that lie. No, don't show weakness. No, no, don't, don't be honest with you. No, just fake it. Fake it till you make it. Man, I'm telling you. And I've said this a lot. I'm gonna say it again right now, everybody. This church, man, this church isn't a private club for perfect people. If you're looking for that, you gotta go somewhere else. Because this is a place for broken and imperfect people who need a perfect Jesus. That's it. That's who we'll always be. We're all in the same boat. Nobody's perfect, but change is absolutely possible. But I'm gonna tell you something right now. It starts with you being honest with yourself and honest with the God who made you and loves you and made a way for you. It, won't, it will not start until you're honest with yourself and honest with the God who loves you and made you. How are you living there? How are you living by truth? How are you doing? Here's the next one. Strengthen my character. That's gonna get me battle ready. I'm gonna strengthen my character. So we're gonna live by truth. Here's the second we're gonna do. I'm gonna live rightly. I'm gonna live rightly. So here's what I wanna say. There is a way that God wants you to live, all right? And he spells it out for us in the Bible and he gives us the Holy Spirit to actually understand it and figure this out. But here's what I wanna tell you. Just by doing that, by just living the way that God wants you to live, just by doing that one thing, it will help you avoid more heartache, more mess ups and have less frustrations just by living God's way, period, 
period, just by doing that. It will allow all that things to happen. That's why God does it. God does not give you these rules and these things to follow because he's a killjoy or a dictator. That's not why he does it. You gotta catch this, man. Like, here's what we need to know, just, or just remember and be reinforced by. No one, no one believes in you more or wants the best for your life more than your heavenly father. Do you believe that? No, no one wants to inject you with more life and more joy than any other thing that, than your heavenly father. He just wants to inject you with that. But here's what happens, man. This is what happens. People look at that and they, they, they look at what God has to say about sex, about getting drunk, about how to handle your money, how to actually do a marriage, how to forgive people. And they think, man, I don't know, man. I don't know. I kind of like the way I live. I kind of like, I don't know. Like I believe God. I'm not sure. I just kind of, you know, it doesn't seem like it's really wrong with what I'm doing. And so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna live the way I wanna live. And then like where it fits with God, I'll kind of do, fits in me, God. But if it doesn't, I'm just, you know, I'm just not gonna follow God when I don't want to. And gang, there's a lot of people who live like that. There's a lot of people who would claim Christ who say, I'm a Christian, and they live like that. They try to live their way. And listen to me, something's gonna happen, and it will. <laughs> I mean, a challenge's gonna come, trouble's gonna come, and it will. And when it does, here's what they end up saying. They say, man, man, God doesn't really feel like he's very close. Or man, like, I don't know, this faith isn't really working. Or, or God is kind of distant, he's not very present. And here's what I'm gonna tell you. You made a choice to live your way. And there are consequences in living that way and that's why God's like no no don't do that I'm going to give you over to that way if you want to do it but I'm telling you you have free will but I'm telling you there's a way to life and joy and peace and all these things some of you here this morning man this has been heavy on my heart this week but some of you here you would say you're following Jesus right now right now you'd say yeah I'm following but you know you're in a relationship you know you're in a business practice you know that you're in a lifestyle or behavior you're living in a way that you know is not God's way you know it you know it and I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, man, you're making yourself vulnerable to destroying the things you love in your life. You're making yourself vulnerable. There are devastating consequences that, that are attached to that. Gang, and here's what I'm gonna tell you. Every pastor would stand up here and say the same thing. That is the hardest part of my job. When we see people, it's just so hard. It's so hard to watch people get picked off, and they do. There are Christians whose marriages and families and lives get torn apart when they should be so far away from the junk that tears them apart, but they just don't. It's, it's, the, it's the worst part of my job, and it happens. It's just not easy to watch. This is why we're talking about these identities. This is why we're talking about who God says you are, and it should influence how you live. Man, God doesn't want you to have these strongholds in your life. He doesn't want, he wants you to be so far away from that junk. He wants you to slam the door on that junk. He wants you to walk away from the things that are lying to you and holding you down. He wants to help you deal with this stuff for good. God wants to set you free. Do you, does somebody believe that in this place? He wants to set you free from all that stuff. He does, he does, he does. All right, fourth one, fourth one. I don't got a lot of time. And just, I, yes and amen let's go increase my faith increase my faith here's what Ephesians 6 10 says we read he says be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might okay so here's the thing about faith like I uh, I think it gets really confused with Christians like I think this is so here's what I say about faith as we look at increasing my faith faith is not feelings okay I think we get confused there sometimes. Like, I think we think that, like, that, that how we feel is really what, what our faith is all about. Feelings and emotion absolutely play a part in your faith, but they cannot be what your faith is all about, okay? You can't go off your feelings to determine where your faith is. You can't, and you ever hear people saying, man, I'm just not feeling it, I'm not feeling God. God's like, yeah, because that's not how I set faith up to be. They could be a part of it. It can't mean, it can't define. And here's why 
feelings and emotions can't define your faith. Because when you only operate uh, in an emotional level with God, you're only going to do things when you feel guilty about it or when you feel fired up about it. So that's the only things you're really going to do. And here's the problem with that. Here's why it breaks down. Because you're only, when you feel guilty about something, you're only going to do that thing until you stop feeling guilty. Then you'll feel guilty again, right? And then, and then here's the other side. If you wait until you get fired up, maybe, maybe it's like a service where like, hey, you know, and you're like, I'm going to do it. You know, it's like, but it, you know, those are too few and far between everybody to be living every day to get God's plans and purpose for your life. It's about walking by faith every single day every day in your reliance on Jesus being your salvation and your Lord and your protector and your guide in this life and not waiting to see how you feel about it today. Like you wake up and you're like, I don't feel it. You're like, well, I'm not gonna go off my feelings. God, I need you. I need you. I need you to fill me up. That's how it looks like for me. And I'm telling you, if you want a key to people who are seeing victory and the attacks of the enemy and their families, their families are strong, their marriages are strong, that's because they don't look at how they feel. They don't look at how they feel. They, they actually say, no, 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 it lands differently for me. I'm gonna do it every day. And for me, it lands on a prayer. That's what, it's a prayer for me. I'm like, God, fill me up, man, fill me up. I wanna decrease, I want you to increase. It's the prayer that we did last week, man. Make more room, I wanna make more room for you, God. I wanna make more room for you. I wanna, I wanna increase my faith. And so that's the second, the fourth one, increase my faith. Here's the, here's the fifth one, is that in order to be battle ready, I need to know God's word. How we defeat Satan is by knowing and using God's word, okay? So how well do you know God's word? Now, I'm not asking like how good can you memorize because I can't memorize. I, I blame my teenage years on that. I cannot memorize one worth one lick. I just can't do it. But here's what I'm gonna tell you. There are things in my heart that I know. And here's the thing, like I'm not asking if you have a Bible. I'm not asking if you have the Bible app on your phone. I'm just asking, do you have some things in your heart that are anchors in your life from what the scripture actually says that help you when you need it? Do you have some verses that come up and guide you and help you say no when you need to? Or that help you recognize the lies that gang are all over the place, all over the place. You know, one of the scariest things to know uh, about Satan, one of the scariest things is that Satan can actually use scripture to manipulate you. Did you know that? He can use God's word. To, that's the first thing that he did in the Garden of Eden. He told Eve, he was like, hey man, is, did God really say that? He used God's word right there. First thing he ever did to manipulate Eve, I'm telling you. So, so how well do you know it? How well do you know it, right? He can use that. So, so uh, you know, I, don't, I don't care how you do it, okay? Like we could talk about like, here's what you do. Get a devotional, get a book. Get somebody to say, hey, once we check in on how I'm doing, how I'm reading, do something. You gotta get moving with the word of God because here's the thing. It's your only offense. You remember reading that? It's your only, it's your sword. It's your sword. And man, here's the thing. Like, I don't know about you, but when it comes to the sword that I wanna have, like when it goes down, when, when it hits the fan for me, or like when an attack comes to my marriage or my family or here in this church, like I don't wanna pull out no butter knife man like I don't want to be like like I don't I want to bring like Excalibur out and be like now what like that's what I want to do I want lasers in that thing I want to just mow them down like that's what I'm like see what you got into now like that's what I want that's that's what we need to think about it's our only weapon gang it's our only weapon there is a battle there is a battle and here's what's important like here's what's important. it's not remembering the, the breastplate and and the belt and the boots and the shield thing but here's what you got to know you got to know there is an enemy you hear me? 
He's scheming right now to undermine your faith. He is doing everything he can to destroy whatever he can. But we have the victory in Jesus Christ. And so we claim it and we fight the right battle for your life. A lot of what we're fighting isn't what we can see. It's what we can't see. And here's the thing. There's too much on the line for your life to not believe this. Your marriage is too important. Your family's too important. Your integrity, your character is way too important to let your guard down. But here it is, everybody. Just, just a few more minutes. Here's what I want to tell you. You know why? So we just talked about this, but here's, here's what I'm gonna tell you. Do you know why a lot of Christians are still so vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy? Because it's true. Oh, there's a lot of Christians that are still so vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Here's the challenge we face. All of us face this, by the way. So I'm just gonna share something really quick. This, this all, like right now, this all makes great sense right here, right? Because we're in church, it makes great sense. We're like, yes, that's exactly what we do. But here's what I'm gonna say. Just think about this. Take that list that you just filled out that you agreed on and shook your head to and, line, and take it to your workplace and see how that lines up with work. Take it to the gym. Take it to your kid's ball game and just see how different that list is with the cultural norm. It's so different, gang. It's so different. Just look at that list here. Here's what I'm gonna say. Just think about practically living it out. I think that's one of the hardest things for us to do when we get a message like how, just think about practically living some of these things out. Like just, and I'm just gonna go to work. Just look at work. Just think about living a couple of these out. Think about the gossip you will not be a part of at work. Cause you're like, no, no, I'm, my character's gonna be strong. I'm not gonna do it. Think about what you will put in place with the opposite sex because you don't wanna open the door to any temptation. Think about what that would look like. You're like, nope, not doing that with the opposite sex. Think about the corners you will not cut even though everybody else is cutting the corners. You don't think that'll get looked at differently? You don't think you'll stick out a little bit? You don't think that? Think about like making decisions by using your faith as your guide and listen to your heart. You ever hear that? Just listen to your heart. That's the worst advice you could ever have. Like, listen, if I listened to my heart, I would have a boat and RV and be six figures in debt right now, everybody. Like, that's what I'm saying. Credit cards love that statement. Just listen to your heart, man. Like, it's like, you know, I'm just saying. But no, no, it's like, no, 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 I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna listen to God. I'm gonna let my faith be my guide. I'm not gonna look at how I feel. I know what that's gonna lead to. Gang, that's not what the world's doing. You catching me? You coming with me? That's why we're still a little open to the vulnerabilities. And guess who knows this the most? Our enemy. He knows that the most. And so what he, all he needs to do sometimes with some, just to pick some of us off is just let culture do a little bit of work. Just nudge you a little bit because the, one of the last things we wanna do is stick out like a sore thumb, everybody. And so he's like, I know what I can do. I just use culture just to push you a little bit. You don't wanna look different. Man, I'm telling you, but here's what I wanna tell you. That's the rub, but here's what I'm gonna tell you. If you opt for this way of living, Okay, if you look at that and say, no, no, I'm gonna live that way. Just trust me here. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. You will not be celebrated by living that way in your culture. You will not be celebrated for doing that, but I will guarantee you have fewer regrets, you have less mistakes because you're placing yourself in a defensive position. You will not be celebrated for it out there, but I'm telling you, your family, your life, your people around you, they're gonna be thankful that you do this. I'm telling you, you can do that. And you also know, here's the other thing that I wanna end with. It's also bigger than you. This, this way of living, like it's bigger than you. It's bigger, this is why this is so important for us today, okay? Because you need to realize, like here's what you need to realize. In this church, we are seeing God do so many things. Do you know that? Do you know that by the way? We are seeing God do amazing, amazing things. I can't believe, I think about 10 years in ministry, where we started from and what God has done, it, like it gives me chills with what we've seen God do here. The reason why you get engaged in this battle and why I need you to engage with us in this battle because it's not just about you. It's not just about your marriage. Yes and amen to that it is, but it's about way more than that. It's about way, way more than that. 
It's about the marriage that just walked in here today and they're falling apart. And there's hope that we can give them through this church and through what God could do. We've seen God do that so many times in here. That's what it's about. It's about the person right now struggling to hold on because of an addiction or a hangup going on and we know God can heal it. We know God could do something. It's about more than just us. We know God could do something. It's about someone in Barbersville who's looking for answers and they're just one ask away from being completely changed by Jesus Christ. Listen, guys, like there are way more reasons not to plant a church in the Barbersville area than to go ahead and plant one. You know that, right? But we don't operate the way the world operates, man. We got the gospel of truth. We can't just sit on it. We gotta go. We gotta help people have answers in the name of Jesus Christ. That's what we gotta do. There's so much more on the line. Do you understand? Way more than you. Way more than me. Because here's, I'll be done, I promise. I said that three times. Um, Man, at the end of the day, please know this. Please hear this. We are not here to help you be better people. That's not what we're here to do. We are here to free people and the bondage because of what God could do through Jesus Christ. The bondage of this world, man, can be broken. These chains are broken because of what Jesus, that's what we do. We're not here to make you better people. We're here to you, for you to experience the freedom that comes in a relationship that you can have with Jesus Christ. Because, and, and, and here's the thing, because we're doing this, everybody, this is why I need you to engage in this battle with me. We are confronting the enemy head on with that. Do you believe that? We are, he does not like what we're doing. And so I need you to engage in this battle because he, he's all about two things. He wants to blind people from the truth of Jesus and he wants to convince people everything's okay. But man, we know better. We know better than that. So we're here to help people find the freedom that comes from knowing the truth about Jesus and we wanna help people get rescued by God from all kinds of things that hold us back, hold us down, keep us away. We know better than that. That's why we're here. So I'm telling you, I'm asking you to engage in this fight with us. And here, I just, I wanna say this and I don't wanna play church, man. I don't want to play. I'll do something else. I'll go find something. I don't want to play church. That's not why I'm here. That's not what I'm about. And gang, we're seeing God free so many people. It's awesome to be a part of a church that's seeing God. Isn't it awesome to be a part of a church that sees God free so many people up? That's what I want to be about. That's what I want to do. And so I'm asking you to fight with us. I'm asking you to stand firm with us. I'm asking you to pray for us. Pray with us. Pray for families. Pray for character. Pray for these things to be going on. We're seeing it happen. But we need more of you to join the fight. How about it? Is that the kind of church you want to be a part of? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. That gets me fired up. All right, let's pray. I'm out of time. All right, God. Man, we just want to be a part of what you're doing. It's awesome to be in the flow of what you're doing and not just sitting on the sides and just watching it. Man, we want to be in that flow. And you are saying, man, if you get in that flow, there's going to be some things happening. But I'm telling you, I got the answer. I got the recipe to be in battle ready with the attacks of the enemy so you can do my work. So God, help us to see what that looks like in our lives. Help us to live by truth. Help us to strengthen our character, man. Help us to just just really live your way because we believe living your way is absolutely better. Help us to help each other. Help us to pray for one another. Help us to strengthen each other up and stand firm in the truth of who we know you are because this battle is raging on right now, but we have the answer. We have what breaks every chain of that enemy. We know you're stronger than him. He has nothing when it comes to you. And so we just lean into that. We love you for that. We thank you for that. We pray uh, in Jesus' name for that. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, get out there, be battle ready, all right? This concludes our service. I hope you had a great Sunday. Don't forget to go sign up for a CLB project. We're gonna, they're going to fill up really, really fast. So go out there, check them out, sign up for a project. We'll see you next week for the last, last installment of this series.